0: Good day to you all. This is a great week in wrestling. Oh my God, I can't wait to get started on this one. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, let's get ready to ramble. And we're talking about AEW, that's right, All Elite Wrestling, All Out 2021, and my God, guys. What a show. What an event. That's probably one of the best shows I've seen in a long time. So ring that bell. Let's get right to it. First off, some of you guys, maybe you don't like checking out these pre-show, the buy-in. You don't really care about those things because if it's not good enough to make it to the main show, then maybe you wouldn't bother. But for my money, I really did enjoy that Big tag team matchup in the pre show. Um, It served its purpose. I'm not going to say it's a world beater, but hey, you have Orange Cassidy there. Of course, you have Jurassic Express as well. You have, well, those alone, without even adding Chuck Taylor and Wheeler Utah, who I think is a little underrated, but we'll get to that maybe in some other podcast. But having Orange Cassidy and Jungle Boy, two of the most charismatic guys on the AEW roster. You need to have those guys in some form or fashion because I'm sure that the live crowd appreciated having them there. For Matt Hardy 2.0... Um, sorry, maybe let me correct myself. Not 2.0, TH2 and Private Party. For, for that team and for actually the Hardy family office, I'm not too... Keen on that, I get that they're trying to find something to do with Matt Hardy. It's just a little bit weird to me to have all of these tag teams under your stable, which I get it. He's one of the greatest tag team wrestlers of all time. But when you have more than one tag team under your wing, in fact, it's three at this point, right? If it's TH2 being in there, um, if you also have private party there and you have Butcher and the Blade who do you position as your guys to compete for the tag team titles? And if one of them does win the tag team titles, who, do they face off against each other? What's the deal here? So maybe those are nitpicking, but for me, the match itself was all right. It got the crowd hype. It was a way to have two of the most charismatic wrestlers again on the roster being there. If you see Jungle Boy and seeing the reaction of the crowd chanting along you can tell that this guy will not be a star in WWE, but in AEW, he gets that kind of reaction. Same thing with Orlish Cassidy. Same thing with Darby Allen. These are guys who, they're smaller than what you would expect in the WWE. You're probably not going to see them main eventing there, but here they found their nice spots and I'm happy to see them thrive. Of course, um, Jungle Boy gets the win there and I know that they've been building him up as this guy who's also on the cusp whether it's Jurassic Express as a tag team, almost winning the tag team titles, whether it's him going for the number one contendership for the world title, he has a bright future ahead and there might be a big feud coming up, which we'll get to later on. Next up on the main show, it did kick off with a pretty exciting matchup, the TNT title on the line. We have Eddie Kingston, the Mad King, going after a TNT title held by the Redeemer Miro. And it was exactly what you would expect, and in a really good way. These two guys just brawled. They kicked the hell out of each other. And this is why wrestling is a three-ring circus, ladies and gentlemen, because we're not always going to want to see a technical matchup. That's something that I like, but I don't want to see that every single match. And some people, they like the spot fest, which there was a huge spot fest kind of match later on. But to start off the show, the, the main show, to see that kind of brawling, I liked it. It was fun. And the way that they had that finish where they had that low blow without the referee seeing, for me, that made sense. You don't always want to see it. You don't want this overplayed. Oh, okay, we got that dusty finish so that we can extend the feud. But in this case, I think it does make sense. I would love, absolutely love To see miro defending the tnt title against eddie kingston in some kind of no holds barred matchup that's something that i'm sure a lot of you fans would pay to see so for me right now it makes sense to do this they will probably extend this for another few weeks maybe have a big blow off on a rampage or a dynamite not sure exactly what the match should look like But I can tell you right now, I am excited to see a bigger brawl between these two guys. After which we saw another title match. And this time it was for the AEW Women's World Championship with Dr. Britt Baker DMD successfully retaining against Chris Statlander. And I will be the first to admit that the women's roster on AEW I felt like for a long time, there were a lot of these people that I didn't know. I couldn't get behind because I didn't get invested in them early on enough. Chris Statlander, I've seen her wrestle a few times and I know that she's really athletic. She's good. But seeing what happened in that matchup made me feel like this girl, she's not quite there yet, but she is one of those future stars that you would love to see become the champion one day. That... That finish, that finishing sequence where she tried to go for, I'm not sure what the right move, what the right way to call it is. Is it like an inverted splash moonsault? I'm not exactly sure. Now I'm trying to think about it. But missing that move from the apron, falling flat on her face, looked pretty brutal. But that follow-up, that running curb stomp from the steel steps by Britt Baker just made it feel like that was intense. I felt like that could have been the finish of the match if they wanted to go with it. But of course, they made Chris Statlander look pretty strong, gets back into the ring, eats another stomp, very painful. Um, that, That match for me is, it gets me excited. It really does get me excited because when you see Britt Baker having so many of these matchups where you feel you can really buy into this. She's had that with Thunder Rosa. Um, I think that her match with Red Velvet was a little underrated there, um, considering that I, I think Red Velvet is just here, and I feel like Britt Baker brought her up to a next level. I think she did the same with Chris Statlander, and given who her next opponent will be, that next number one contender, I think we should expect fireworks. Next up, we're having a lot of title matches front-loaded on the show. It was that steel cage match between the Young Bucks, the tag team champions, defending against the Lucha Brothers. And can I just say, that entrance by the Lucha Brothers, I don't speak Spanish, but I got hype. I felt hype just watching what was happening, just seeing that. Um, Of course, you love those elaborate headgear. You, You... you can kind of get the vibe. Again, I think music's one of those things where you don't need to really understand the lyrics for you to feel enthralled by it. And I assume that's why you can imagine how popular K-pop is, even if you don't really understand the words for the most part. That's kind of the feeling I got watching that entrance there. I felt it was hype. I see the young bucks come out there looking as arrogant as ever. Whenever you see the Young Bucks, you know they're playing their part well because you just want to super kick their face in. And super kicks galore is what we had in that matchup. One of the things that I got to talk to um, Gab about in our last few podcasts is what would it look like when you have these two high-flying teams in a steel cage, which you think should limit the high-flying capabilities of most people and we saw a lot more gore yes there were a lot of spots for some people it was a spot fest and i'm not going to disagree with you there were a lot of insane spots that if you were going to be technical about it this is not the kind of match that you would show someone who doesn't believe that wrestling is believable and wants to see something a bit more realistic they're going to see this match and they're going to think how could you pull off all of these insane moves but again three ring circus here that's something that a lot of people pay to see. I was so happy to see all of those things. But the interesting thing is that it was interwoven, right? All these high spots got interwoven into all of these dramatic sequences where you do have um, the mask ripping attempt. You have the low blows done by the young bucks being great heels, the, of course, the bloody spots there. Uh, and when Penta El Zero Miedo, um, Miedo. sorry about that. Uh, when you see him just jumping in there to try to eat a super kick so that he could defend his baby brother, Ray Phoenix, it's it's insane that um, some people, they, they try to write off wrestling that of course we know it's scripted, of course we know these things are going to happen, but for me, for a little bit, and because I was watching this with my own brother, I felt that. I felt that, hey, you know what? I would rather eat that kick than have him feel that. Now, don't tell him this. He's probably not going to listen to this anyway. Um, but I would do that for my brother. And I'm sure that if you were really enthralled in this story, if you just suspended your disbelief, that match was a, was storytelling. So to have them win the match, despite the fact that I will admit, I didn't see it happening. But as you progressed through the match, it started to make more and more sense. Maybe long term, I'm not sure how they want to book this. I'm not sure how they want to involve Andrade and Pac into this down the line, who, again, I will just probably have to mention this upfront. It's sad that their match was not at the pay-per-view, but we will see it on Rampage, which is of course great. Um, I digress there, but just having them win the titles when they've had this grand entrance, when they just tell this great story. And you see Penta, I believe those were his family daughters um, at the end that were celebrating the title win with them. That's just great wrestling storytelling. That's what it is. That is what tag team wrestling could be. And one of the things that frustrates me about WWE is that for a long time, they've had so many great tag teams, right? WWE had a plethora of great teams. And somehow, maybe it's because Vince doesn't see tag teams drawing money. They don't get featured the way they should be. AEW shows what tag team wrestling could be, how great tag team storytelling could be. The Young Bucks, they draw money. I think the Lucha Bros will draw money. I can't imagine how the merch stands are gonna be empty from people buying Young Bucks or Lucha Bros kind of merch after seeing matches like that. That's what wrestling can be. That's what tag teams should be. And I feel that AEW's gotten this so right and they have a lot of tag teams. Matt Hardy has three. So I am excited to see just how many kinds of combinations um, you can have in the tag team division in the next few months. It should be really exciting and I can't wait to see it. Next up, if I'm not mistaken, we've had that Casino Battle Royale. And I just wanna say, Gab and I had a lot of the same predictions, but this is the one that I really felt could happen and I was so so happy to be right. Ruby Soho made her debut here. The match as a whole is your standard fare. I'm not going to say that there was anything extremely great about it before Ruby Soho got there. It's your standard battle royal kind of affair. Maybe a little bit better than usual, but not that anything stood out exactly. But when she came out, there was that energy, right? Her her song when she came out, people were already like singing along somehow. They they were chanting her name. And if I'm not mistaken, this is the first time that she's appeared with this name. So for them to, to chant along and to, to cheer for her, it must have given her so many goosebumps. If you watch the interview that happened right after All Out, you can hear how happy she was to be in this position. And we will talk about Ruby Soho and some of the other AEW, um, I don't know if you can call them debutants, but we're going to talk about them on a different pod. But definitely her coming out was great. The reaction was great. And then that final one-on-one portion of that matchup where you have Ruby Soho, who is this fresh new face, but clearly people know her from her time in WWE and in the independent scene. And then you have Thunder Rosa, who is probably maybe second only to Britt Baker in terms of popularity on the roster right now. Having them face off was insane because these are the two women that if, if Britt Baker wasn't a champion, one of these women should be. And I would pay to see that match if it was just a singles one-on-one matchup. So Seeing that in a battle royal fair, you know that there's going to be that matchup in standard format coming up down the line in the next few months. I'm excited for that. But again, Ruby Soho winning here makes so much sense. Having her go against Britt Baker, even if it's in a losing effort, I think it will make great stories down the line. Britt Baker versus Ruby Soho, damn. That's the kind of match that, i was hoping aew could have back when they were trying to build up the women's division and now it's here so congrats to ruby so on a great debut and i hope that that match coming up is going to be just as good next up we have the final fight and the final fight had so much build behind it right There's so much hype behind potentially Chris Jericho's last match. And it's against MJF, who I still don't understand why they're going with this whole Jericho hasn't beaten MJF when I'm I'm pretty sure that their teams have won. But sure, let's just go with the fact that MJF is supposedly unbeaten against Jericho here. uh, Jericho and MJF, I felt, was... It was just middle of the road now that I think about it with a bit more time. I, I felt like it was as good as it could be. I think Jericho is still a really good wrestler for his age. But again, we're talking about someone who is um, a little past his peak. And I think even he would admit right, that athletically he's not quite there anymore. And MJF is still pretty young. He has great control of the crowd. He is very much an over heel, but there's not much about his offense that I feel is really unique, such that this match would look spectacular. So now that I've had a little bit of time for it to percolate, I think the match was okay. It had the best build going into the show. The finish was all right, um, slight, I don't know if it's a botch per se, but I think Criarco is trying to go from transitioning from the walls of Jericho to the lion tamer. That would have been a nice callback. Couldn't do it. Maybe it's just difficult, of course, balancing. The knee might be a little bit weak in there, Um, but those are just nitpicky things. I think it was okay. And again, sometimes when a show is this good, you have to be a little bit nitpicky for you to find out what could have been improved um and i'm a huge jericho fan i am hopeful that he has a lot of great matches coming up down the line this just wasn't what i feel would have been his best retirement match if ever they went that route i would probably put it that the match that followed after had maybe more hype than the final fight if not just less build um because CM Punk came back, right? How can CM Punk's first match in seven years not be the most hype match? So I get that. And for a lot of people, they wanted to see just how good CM Punk would look after seven years off. And it's not just seven years of like televised wrestling. CM Punk has said that, This is going to be his first match in the ring. He hasn't been keeping up in ring shape in that seven-year span. He had that, sorry for those CM Punk fans out there, but I'll be quite frank, he had that failed run as a mixed martial artist in the UFC, Uh, and maybe he does some of his cardio, maybe he still does MMA on the side, but the wrestlers say it, that there's nothing like being in the ring to get that ring shape. And... You know these guys cm punk chris jericho these guys they will wrestle rings around me so i'm not trying to say that i could do any better but cm punk did seem like he had that ring rust i will be up front about that but that is something understandable i was on twitter i was saying that i think that the match was actually pretty good as good as you can get from someone who has been um outside the ring for that long. And Darby was the perfect opponent for him in the sense that Darby could really sell. During the match, what I found maybe slightly problematic, if anything, was that because Darby is such a sympathetic character, because his size is so much smaller and frailer, and CM Punk being on this long layover, CM Punk had to resort to to a lot of rest holds. And when you do a lot of rest holds, Randy Orton style, it comes off a little bit heelish. So there's that weird um, there's that weird position of CM Punk is, of course, going to be cheered. He is well-loved, especially in Chicago. But he's going up against Darby Allin, who's a high flyer, who you'd love to cheer for. And he's using these grinding moves to get them down. So I, in my head, I know it makes sense, but watching it, If you didn't hear the crowd and you didn't know the background, you would think Punk was a heel. And maybe that's something that happens down the line. Who knows? The match itself, I again felt like it was a good way to come back. I felt like CM Punk is probably someone who can, after a few more matches, really get to that top level. And I'm hopeful that the next few people that he feuds against are these legitimate heels so that people can really rally for him and boo someone. Like, let's say, for example, an MJF kind of character. That's what you'd want to see so that you can have a crowd that is not split. I wouldn't say it's 50-50 split, but they were kind of split. They wanted to cheer for both. And it's fine to cheer for both. Face for space can work. But it's nothing like a face versus heel where you really just wanna root for the good guy. Or in the case of matches with John Cena and Roman Reigns, you really wanna cheer for the bad guy, whoever they were facing. So I would say CM Punk's return was something that is successful, but it can be improved on. And I'm sure CM Punk knows that he can do a lot more. I can't wait to see him wrestle against some of the other talent on the roster and if this is going to be his last run, if this is another two to three-year run and he has matches like this or better, I would be pretty happy if I were him. I think that CM Punk did an exceptional job. Darby Allen looked good in defeat. And they had that big moment with Sting at the end. And those are things that, if you see that shot, those are three generations of wrestlers. Sting wrestled, I think, when he first started... Punk must have been a young boy when Sting was starting out and becoming popular, right? And if you hear the news correctly, Darby Allen started wrestling after CM Punk left the WWE 2014. So there are like legitimately three generations of wrestlers in that ring, and I think you could easily be a fan of all of them. Your your grandparents, your dad, you guys could all be fans of these guys. So that's what's great about wrestling right now in an aew where you have so much talent it's intergenerational and you're hopeful that this is going to be that passing of the torch at some point guys like punk coming back means that they're gonna put over guys both in victory and defeat so whoever that next opponent is i will be happy to hear when punk goes out and says it's clobber in time the next match it's paul right versus D.P. Marshall. Now, Paul White, formerly known as The Big Show. I, I have to say this. I don't know why this match was even on the card. Big Show has done a lot for the industry. I'm sure that this is partly AEW wanting to extend that, hey, you know what, we respect you guys. We respect the veterans here um so i i get it it's fine but this match didn't really need to be here and it's a good thing it was a short match the only good reason why i'm talking about this match is actually now i recall i have forgotten a matchup um and that was with a veteran who could actually really move see john moxley versus satoshi kojima lasted so much longer than i thought it would right Satoshi Kojima is, if you're not familiar with their work in Japan, he is a legend there, absolute legend. But I think everyone will agree that he is also one of those guys who is a little bit past their primes. He shows up at Wrestle Kingdom, New Japan's WrestleMania, for most of the time, it's just tag team matches now, just to get him on the card. So for him to be in this position with John Moxie, and not just be on the card but have significant offense for at some points of the match, look like it's a 50 50 contest. It's a testament not only to Satoshi Kojima being a great talent, even at his age, but John Moxie being able to give back. John Moxie, let's not forget, is like a recently former AEW World Champion. This guy is a top star not just in AEW but even when he was in WWE he was a top star so for him to give that much offense to Satoshi Kojima at his age hats off to Dean or sorry oh i'm going to get crucified by the IWC there hats off to John Moxley for being able to put on that kind of performance but the real story here and sorry Kojima i gave you flowers but the real story here is having that huge appearance at the very end my god minoru suzuki is again if you guys are not familiar with new japan this guy is an ass kicker this guy is the meanest sob in japan Probably the meanest sob. even if you make it all around the wrestling world right now. That smirk that he has. You can tell this guy just looks like a Yakuza, right? He probably is. I wouldn't be surprised. Maybe there are reports out there. He, he looks like it. he probably is a Yakuza. And Suzuki is someone who... He's fought Ambrose before. Sorry, again. He's fought Moxley before. I was there in Wrestle Kingdom when John Moxley won the IWGP United States title from Lance Archer, and then he defended against, I believe it was Juice Robinson the next night, and then Suzuki came out, and it was basically like this. I don't know if it was just a callback. I don't know if it was intentional, but it just felt like that real callback to that moment So being in the crowd when that happened in New Japan, I could envision myself being there at All Out and getting that moment when they have that matchup, which has already been scheduled, if I'm not mistaken. That match is going to turn a lot of eyes towards New Japan. And this one, again, the reasons why AEW is the place to be right now, because that forbidden door that door doesn't exist anymore. That doorway is clear. So if you're a fan of wrestling and you tune into New Japan, you don't know if you're going to see just a guy who's wrestling in the States or someone from New Japan or someone from AAA. AEW has so many things going for it. And that's not even to mention what's coming up next, which is the main event, that AEW World Championship match between Kenny Omega and Christian Cage, who, may I remind you, won the Impact title from Kenny Omega a few weeks ago on the first Rampage, in the very first match of Rampage. This match had a lot of hype, but it was honestly easy to predict. He already had Christian Cage going over on Rampage to win a world title from Kenny. It's so hard to believe that he would do it back-to-back. But the way that he was able to retain the title for him to pull out an avalanche, one-winged angel, is insane for me. You see, there are a lot of times in independent wrestling where people go a little overboard with the finishes, where a finisher doesn't feel like a finisher already. I get that critique. I understand it. For Kenny the Bring this out, this avalanche one-winged angel on Christian, who he's extremely smooth in the ring. He can outwork so many people, like 90% of the roster. Christian Cage can outwork him. But Christian is not a young gun. (laughs) He is not a young guy. So for you to pull this out on Christian just goes to show how strongly you want Christian to look. And I think that was a great move. I am happy that the match was, again, very well wrestled. But it's so hard for this match to not be overshadowed by what happened next. Closing sequence, right? We get that beat down and everyone's expecting a debut to happen. But how many people thought that the person that will come out was none other than Adam Cole, baby! And you know, some people will say, ah, oh, the internet wrestling community, we knew for a while that Adam Cole's contract was running up. And because it expired, not a release, the way that a lot of people have unfortunately been released this past year, have lost their job with WWE, because it expired, Adam Cole could walk in the next day to AEW, which is kind of what he did. And we will have this in longer form, but just seeing Adam Cole there, having that little bit of tension, and then siding with the elite, getting double-kissed by the Young Bucks on his cheeks, that was something that it frustrates you in the best way because you keep thinking, I would love to see Adam Cole against these guys, but does make sense. It does make sense for him to be aligned with them because they are good friends. They're on good terms. So I will save some of my comments for that back-to-back pod that we want to do, talking about the debuts of the people from All Out. But Adam Cole being there was a huge get. Some people argue was a bigger get than the man, the man I'm going to speak about right now. But Adam Cole being there is great. He is a huge talent, and unlike in the WWE, I think that he could easily main event AEW. WWE, he would probably still have a bit of a hard time. I don't know exactly how they're going to book him just yet. It looks like they're positioning him for a rivalry with Jungle Boy, who, Jungle Boy being a very charismatic wrestler himself, it makes sense as his first feud, but the man that really stole the show for me. The guy who I've been such a huge fan of. I will try to limit myself to keep us on time here, but Brian Danielson coming out was, I need a moment, right? I need a moment. I am internally, externally chanting, yes, 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 yes because Brian Danielson deserves this. He deserves this. I say that because this is an opportunity for him to wrestle so many guys that he wants to wrestle. And as a fan, very selfishly, I want to see him wrestle against every single one of those guys. I wanna see him wrestle everyone on that roster i want to see him wrestle in new japan i want to see him wrestle in impact in ring of honor in mlw in AAA. I want to see him wrestle everywhere because i'm gonna get a little bit emotional about this i want to save it for that other pod but there was a time when we thought he was gonna wrestle anymore that was a scary time for him of course and to a much lesser extent fans like me I wasn't sure if i would get to see brian danielson back in the ring so he got to have that run with the WWE, and he was a main event star again he proved everyone wrong his charisma was enough to get him there his wrestling skill was enough to get him there and now he has his chance to be in AEW and wrestle against all of these guys and get that big spot it looks like off the bat he's already going to feud against the elite which makes sense because he's a top level guy But the funny thing is that if you listen to his interviews, CM Punk has been very gracious about wanting to be in AEW because he wants to help out the younger guys. Brian Danielson says, I want to kick their heads in. He wants the competition. He wants to see if the elite is really elite. Are they that good? And I can't wait to see... Brian Danielson, take on everyone there. Whether it's taking on Adam Cole who's joined the elite, whether it's taking on the young bucks in singles and tag team matches, who knows maybe we even get the see Punk and Brian team up, it looks like there might even be a potential blood and guts match coming out of this where the elite versus Brian Danielson, Christian Cage, and Jurassic Express, that could happen. There are so many possibilities now for Brian Danielson in AEW. For AEW to close this, because I really want to wrap this up, but there's just so much meat in this. For AEW to have all of these great matches and great surprises there, I just got to say, WWE, I don't know if you could still be deaf to this or if you can pretend that you can't see this, but ladies and gentlemen, AEW is the place to be now. I don't care what anyone says about the infrastructure WWE is built, about the fan base, the then, now, forever. I get all that. I am still a WWE fan, but I would be absolutely tone deaf if I did not admit that WWE, for the most part, has gone pretty silent in terms of really stepping up. And they had to pull a lot of surprises at SummerSlam just to make it at that level of a CM Punk debut. Now that Brian Danielson is all elite, I don't know what WWE can even do. I don't even know anymore. So we will see what happens, right? Because this is one night. It is a great night. It's an absolutely spectacular night for all elite wrestling. But just like how WWE can have a great SummerSlam, what happens in the weeks to follow? That will determine where the momentum will stay. AEW has all of it right now. If they can continue to build it up, if they can use these great talents, CM Punk, Adam Cole, Brian Danielson, Ruby Soho, if they can build on all of these great acquisitions, I am sorry, Vince McMahon, but it looks like whether you like it or not, there is going to be not just an alternative. There is a guy who's probably breathing down your neck right now. And yes, financially, they have a long way to go. Infrastructure, fine. But in terms of getting fans, these guys are coming at you. And it's just like when you're talking about some big old company versus a young startup in the tech world. You're at risk. WWE, you guys might be dinosaurs compared to these guys. They will run a roughshod over you if you don't step up. So Vince McMahon, I know that you probably don't hear this, but if you're listening, it's clobbering time and they're kicking your ass. So you better step it up. Otherwise, anyone of any relevance is gonna be all elite. And that's it for me. Thank you guys for listening to this long show. I hope you guys enjoyed All Out 2021 just as much as I did. Again, this is Kid Cash Money signing off here and reminding you all to please put someone over in your lives. See you all next time.